Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Uh, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter uh, 1. And uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and one of the beautiful things about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is also found in the Christmas story. It says, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, if you have your real Bible, turn the page. If you have your fake Bible, glow in the dark, you can make sure that you can uh, click. No, we don't turn pages anymore. We just click. Glow in the dark. <laughs> and it says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. How many guys know that Joseph was a pretty good man right there? That's a good dude right there. Some of us would have put it up on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but... He's like, we're going to do this privately. As as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Someone shout, Jesus. For he will save his people from their Sins. Can we read one more scripture? Uh, and I love it because the Holy Spirit is found in the Christmas story. And um, in Luke chapter 2, uh, we're going to start reading from verse 4. <clears throat> and it says, And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took him with him, Mary, his fiancée, who had now obviously, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night... There were shepherds staying in a field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. Watch this. It says, you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. What's the sign? You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angels the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to the heaven, 
the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone that what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Amen. Can we bow our heads and just close our eyes for a moment as we pray and um, pray for God's word to come forth. And dear Jesus, we, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are so perfect. You came to a imperfect people. Lord, we know that you weren't born exactly on December 25th or you might not have even been born during this time, but we just take this time to celebrate and commemorate the fact that you were born. You came into this world, God. But help us hold at the highest regard what Christmas really is about. There's so many days we can take out for other things. So many other days that you have given us throughout the year that we can use to celebrate so many other things, Lord. But Lord, let us take this time to unite it as a church community, as a global church community, to make much of Jesus, to make of much of what Jesus has done. Lord, Lord we, we just love you today. We thank you for... We thank you for the rain. We thank you that we live in a place, Lord, where we can celebrate Jesus on a Saturday too. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people shout. Amen. amen, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for Jesus. Let's just celebrate the name of Jesus all over this house. Ah, uh, Have you guys been enjoying your Christmas thus far? Your Christmas season? It feels like a hot cocoa morning doesn't it like that's how i want to preach today i want to i want to preach with like hot cocoa and marshmallows how about you right just just hot cocoa and marshmallow marshmallows uh, but have you been enjoying your christmas time the christmas season i think it's a perfect time to also announce that we have a, a newly engaged couple marcus and lena come on let's celebrate come on newly engaged <laughs> Woo! What a time! What a time! What a time to be alive! What a time, Marcus! So good. Oh man, I know Marcus since I was about uh, maybe about 12, 13 years old. It's, it's probably one of the few times I was under 200 pounds. And, um, and uh, it's beautiful to, to just be part of his life now and his beautiful uh, fiance now. And so. Marcus, we celebrate you. We love you. Uh, you know, a lot of people see him as a, as a drummer, but if, and that's all we see him as, but if, if that's all we see him as, we are falling short from all that he is. You know this guy, he's a, he's a special, unique person. And so, so grateful. I want to talk to you on this subject called Born in a Manger. Amen. You, when the sermon, when the preacher says the title, that's a good time to be like, ooh, yeah, that's good. Born <laughs> in a manger. 
Amen. So we're in the Christmas season, and, and I, as you know, like every time I'm on, a, I'm on the phone with someone, someone's either they're getting gifts and they're running around and they're going crazy. Like, you've been there? Have you been there? Like, you're just going crazy looking for gifts. And, and then there's something called the tree hunt. Have you, have you been there? Have, how many of you guys got your tree in your house already? And I, see, like, uh, the tree hunt is unique because the way people tree hunt is different. Like, I, I tree hunt a certain way. And I don't know if all the guys tree hunt like I do. But I have a different way of tree hunting than Lisa has from tree hunting. I don't know if you know this. And I don't know if it's the way men tree hunt or the way women tree hunt. But I know that for me, if you were to tell me to go pick up a tree, guess what I will go? I will go to a a nice, warm, cozy place called Kmart, go down to Christmas aisle, and I will look for the Christmas box, the Christmas tree that says assembly required. I will for, I'll go continue and I'll grab the box. I will bring it to the cash register. I will look at the cash register lady and I will say, hey, I would like to purchase this Christmas tree. She will look at me and she'll be like, oh my God, oh my God. are you Andy Medio? No, but I would like to purchase this tree. And then I will grab the tree. I will put it on my back. I will put it in the back of my truck. And then I will proceed to take it home. When I take it home, I will unpack it. I will put it together. I would put it in my living room. I would put lights on it and I will smile. That is my tree hunt. Simple as that. Now, Lisa, on the other hand, she has a unique, interesting, uh, peculiar, we could call it, way of picking out trees. Now, she loves to go tree hunt in the cold, in the blistering 30 degree weather. That's cold for me, all right? Stop judging me. And so she goes into the, she goes into the, to the, to the, to the place that has all the trees and we go down the aisle and she looks at one and she looks at the other and she, she examines every single tree in the tree store. And it's like you're going through a forest of dead trees. That's what it looks like, right? She goes through a forest of dead trees and she's examining every single one. And then she goes, grab that one. And I'm there, excuse me, in the blistering cold. And I'm like, can we just pick one, pick one? She's like, grab that one, grab that one. And she grabs it and I stand it up for her and I'm like. And then she's like, okay, okay. She's like, all right, all right. She's looking at it and then, no, that's not the one. And she grabs another one. And then I go, okay, how about this one? And she's like, all right, all right. No, that's not it. And then she's like, I grab another one. And she's like, oh, okay, this is okay. And I'm like, yeah, this is it, this is it right, baby? This, this one is it, right? And then she's like, oh, let me look at it, let me look at it. Okay. Okay, this is all right. Uh, uh, no, no. But, but, but baby, but baby, why? Baby, why is this not the tree? And she will answer me with a with an answer that just messes with me mentally. And she says, because it didn't speak to me. Wait, I'm sorry I had it all wrong all this time. I didn't learn how to speak tree. And she's like, it didn't speak to me. I'm like, what do you mean after you examined it and it's perfect and it's unique? And then I have to carry the tree home that she, the one that speaks to her because apparently my wife knows how to speak tree fluently. And trees all over the world speak to her or ignore her. Guess what, church? There's never been a tree that's ever spoken to Pastor Rowe. I'm just saying like, I love this because, you know, we, we, we brought the tree home. We, we get to bring the tree home. We get to stack it up. But it reminds me also that Jesus also had a tree hunt. 
And Jesus actually picks a tree of his choice because the Bible says that he laid his life in his, on his own free will. And he chooses to pick a tree called the cross. And guess what? We bring our trees home, right? But Jesus, we carry our trees home, but Jesus carried the tree of the cross in order to invite us into his home. And see, we get to bring our trees home and we get to hook it up with lights. But Jesus hung himself up as the light of the world. You see, when Jesus entered this world, we carried a tree to our house and we put presents under it. But Jesus put his presents all over his tree. And he says, come on church, he says, this is the tree where, where man and God will be restored again. Look at the person next to you, tell him Merry Christmas. See, Jesus enters the world. And I love it because when we look at the, have you ever thought about this? Jesus enters human history. He, he enters human history and this is his goal. His goal is to die for all humanity. That's his goal. But he enters into human history born in a manger. Like, I don't know about you, but when I think about born in a manger, I immediately think like, God, who is being born in a manger? Isn't this the king of kings and lord of lords? Isn't this the lion in the tribe of Judah? Isn't this the one that they call the Messiah? This is the king of kings and lord of lords. Man, we really need to hook this entry point up. Like, I don't know. I, like, I, don't, I read this story and I'm like, if I were God... Thank God I'm not. Thank God. I wouldn't answer half of your prayers. I'm just saying. So, so like, I think about this and I'm like, God, if you're going to come into human history, you got to come in with a performance. Like, you got to come into human, cut, just cut the scene right there. Let's do this whole thing over and let's do this right. God, you came in a manger and if you look at the story, what we see is that, 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 First of all, an angel shows up to Mary and she says, he says, hey, you're going to be pregnant with the Messiah. And then the, the way the Bible explains it is that Mary has now, could you imagine this? Mary has to now go to Joseph and tells, tells him, I'm pregnant. Like, I don't know about you and I don't know how spiritual you are, but if my wife came and told me that I'm pregnant, I'm like, oh, awesome. But it's not your kid. Say what? Like, what do you mean it's not my kid? watch this one and the Holy Spirit did it what? you better pay some child support I'll be like your Holy Spirit got you pregnant better give some good child support up in here like what do you mean the Holy Spirit could you imagine Mary's job to have to go to Joseph on some hey I'm pregnant and it's not your kid but who is it? the Holy Spirit I told you man you spooky people talking about the Holy Spirit got you pregnant come on like we let's, let's, let's be real like if, if someone came into church talking about God impregnating me with the Holy Spirit I'm about to have a kid it was no man man you lying you lying right and, and, and here's the truth like God you can't be getting Mary in trouble like that like you just can't be doing that and then God goes to shepherds like if you know anything about shepherds you, you'd be like shepherds are not the people to go up to when you are making the most epic entrance in human history like you don't want to talk to shepherds shepherds were seen mostly as people that uh, that were neglected 
the shepherds were seen as, they were a bit of an outcast. They're not so popular. They're not the guys that have all the followers on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. They're not those guys. They're the guys that people reject. As a matter of fact, most religious folk looked at shepherds as not good enough to even come to church. Can you imagine that? that that's how the shepherds were, were viewed as. They, they're the guys that hung out with sheep all day. They smelled like sheep. Watch yourself, all right? Relax. Uh, they, they smelled like sheep, right? That's what they smelled like. Pure, all day, this is how they were viewed. This is how they were rejected. This is how they were neglected. They were poor and powerless. They didn't have a care. They didn't have a say in life. People couldn't, their opinion didn't matter for anything. And Jesus says, I'm going to make my great announcement to these guys. Jesus, we got to do this thing over. This is not the way you make an entrance. Like, if I was Jesus, like, A&R guy, like, I was like, hey, let me talk to you real quick. Cut. Cut the scene. Let me talk to you, Jesus. Have you ever seen epic entrance? Have you ever seen Shawn Michaels come out of the rafters in a line, a zip tie, and make his entrance in WrestleMania 12? Now, that's an entrance. Have you ever seen The Undertaker in every single WrestleMania, the longest entrance in all of WD, WWE Universe? Now that's an entrance. Have you seen Stone Cold Steve Austin? That's an entrance. You gotta go follow this guy. You gotta, I'm telling you, if you're gonna make an entrance, that's the way you gotta do it. So here's what we're gonna do, Jesus. This is how I talk to Jesus, right? I don't know if you talk to him like that, but like. Here's what we're going to do, Jesus. We're going to make sure that we give you an epic entrance. And I will write it out for him. I will write out the entrance. And I'll be like, Jesus, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you a Twitter account. We're going to get you a Snapchat account. Matter of fact, now there's this new thing called Facebook or Instagram Live. You can do that too. And we're going to make sure that we record this whole thing and the whole world is going to see it. Do you know how many followers you will get on Instagram, Jesus? There's more than 12 there. So you can get more than 12 followers on Instagram. You're going to be good to go. Guess what, Jesus? This is what you're going to do. You are going to pitch black the whole world. And everything's going to be pitch black. Then an explosion is going to happen. And then, this is what I want you to do. I want you to rip the sky in half like if it was a sheet of paper. And then just peek your head in at first. And then you're going to open it up real wide. Jesus. And then you're going to walk in. And you're not going to walk in. You're going to come in riding on a what? On a unicorn. Because we were all wondering if unicorns exist. So you're going to come with a unicorn. And you're going to go all the way down. And and you're going to come with a theme music. And it's going to be Nas, you can hate me now, so I won't stop now. And you're going to come there, and you're going to say, and you're going to sit on the throne like the king of the ring. Jesus, that's an entrance. Come on, church. That's an entrance. Now that's an entrance right there. Jesus, you're going you're gonna to make an epic entrance. I'm telling you, that thing will go viral, Jesus. That thing will go camel, Jesus. That's, that's what viral is back in the day. In Jesus' time, they all went, said to me, you get that later. Anyhow, I look at that and I say, no, Jesus chose every single detail of his entrance. Jesus selected the, the home he would be at, the stable that he will be born in. He, he chose the details and the little nuances of his arrival. And Jesus chose to be born in, in a manger, in, 
in, in, in the midst of animals, Jesus chooses every single detail. God, uh, in his sovereignty, selects every single detail in the, entrance of, in, in the entrance of his son. And guess what? There was no, there was no spotlights, but there were candlelights. There weren't any crowns, but there were cats, cows, and critters. It wasn't any theme music, but there were the sounds of animals all over the stable. See, there wasn't any throne, but there was a small manger. And Jesus, God in the flesh, chooses to come into human history so humbly to be born in a manger. And I say, Jesus, was this a mistake? Like, like think about this. Jesus doesn't live in time and space. Jesus could have brought in all sorts of technology that happened, that, all sorts of technology that we have now at that time. He could have brought it in. He's God. He could do anything he chooses. Amen? Amen? And what does he, he choose to come in humbly? I'm saying, God, is this a mistake or is this the message? Is this a mistake or is this the message? God, are you trying to communicate something to us? Because I don't get it. It doesn't make sense for you to come in so humbly when you're supposed to be the one that the, 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 the Israelites were waiting for for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We're waiting for the coming of the Christ. We're waiting for the coming Messiah. God, you got to learn how to make an entrance. Is this a mistake or is this the actual message he's trying to send us? Because when I look at this, I say, wow, if God is willing to come to human history in a stable, it demonstrates to me how far he's willing to go to get to where you're at too. See, this might be the message because if God is willing to be born in a barnyard, it demonstrates that he's willing to go to where you are. This paints the picture that if he's willing to be born in a stable, if he's willing to be born in the lowest level of a home, an underground, an animal, he's willing to go where you are too. So you can expect God Listen to me, church. You can expect God to go to wherever you are. This is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is not that we are going to God. The message of Christmas is that God came to us. Love was manifested here on earth, born in a manger. This is the message that God is willing to go to the dark places, that God is willing to go to the stable in your life, and God is willing to go, here it is, the unstable places in your life. See, he's willing to go to the lonely places. He's willing to go to the place where other people will not be willing to go. He's willing to go as far as it takes. There is no distance too far. There is no person he cannot reach. God is willing to go everywhere you are. And here's the truth. When you look at the life of Jesus, he's willing to go to a stable. He's willing to go to a carpenter's house. He's willing to go to the cemetery. He's willing to go to Samaria. He's willing to go to the bad zones. He's willing to go to every, every, each and one of these places. And when you look at that, the places that Jesus was willing to go show how much he was willing to reach you and touch you. Are you hearing me? See, that's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is that God is willing to, be, to come to humanity. And he did it for love. He did it for love. It, it, have you ever created something? Have you ever actually molded something? Like I have a, a seven-year-old daughter, and 
And uh, Selah likes slime, slime, like gooey, funky-looking slime. That's what she likes. She loves, uh, she's just enamored and fascinated by it. She looks at slime, and she just, she just loves it. I think, that, you know, she, I think that's why she loves my belly so much, because it's jiggly and all that good stuff, right? I'm sorry, you didn't need to know that. And so Selah, uh, you know, all she really wanted for Christmas was slime and stuff, but, but she found out how to make it. And so Selah is, you know, she, she, she goes and um, we buy. She goes, Dad, I, we, let's get the ingredients. Let's get the ingredients. Let's, let's buy a bunch of glue. So we buy glue. She goes, let's go get borax. So we buy borax. She, she, says, she says, let's go get, um, what was that, she, oh, food dye or food coloring. Let's get that. And Selah, she, she starts putting all those ingredients together. And there's this unique there's a unique relationship between creation and creator. Like there's this unique experience that Selah has when she creates her slime. There's this, uh, just this way that she interacts with what she is creating. It's, it's not like the slime I bought her. It's not the, like the slime that I purchased or the slime that is given to her. And she has all sorts of slime. She collects them. And, and, but she has this different relationship with the one that she created. Like she, she looks like it, like it's her own. Like this is hers. Like this is what she formed. And I look at that and it reminds me of God, how he created humanity. See, God created the world, but he spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let there be, uh, uh, let there be animals all over the world and they were animals. He said, uh, let, there, let there be water and let there be a uh, 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 land. And he spoke these things into existence. But I love it because there's a unique relationship that he has with humanity. He begins to form humanity. The Bible says that he formed humanity out of the dust of the ground and blew the air or the breath of life into humanity. I want you to think about that for a moment because it reminds me of, of how, how creation was formed by the hands of God. And God kisses creation with its lips to breathe the breath of life into God, into humanity. This is the type of relationship that, that, that God has with creation. This is the, I want you to, I want to paint this picture for you because the same way that Selah sees her slime, I mean, this is just a microcosm of what God sees. God is saying, this is my baby. This is my creation. This is my slime. This is, this is mine. Like, this wasn't just like given to me. This wasn't just, this didn't just come into, this is not like the earth. This is not the same way I see the waters. This is not the same way I see the, the planets. This is human. I use my hands to create humanity. I use my, my mouth to blow the breath of life into humanity. There's a unique relationship with creation and creator. And so what happens? Now we jump into the, we, we jump into the time of Jesus and Jesus is coming into earth and you know what we find? We find that creation is no longer the way God created it. Perfect and pleasing before him. See, creation is no longer where the way God formed and, and made humanity. It's perfect. Now creation is full of sin. It's in the dark. Now creation is no longer looking like what God ever intended it for it to look like. So it's the first time in human history that God 
creator has to subject himself for, to creation in order to redeem creation to a love that he originally created. See, it's the first time, see, God could create, he could have created another planet. He could have created human beings in heaven. How about that? How would you look like in heaven, right? That's what he could have done. He's like, God, oh, eh, this is messed up. This is no good. This is, let's, uh, let's do this thing over. Let's, let's just create a whole new human race. He doesn't, he doesn't do that, does he? He says, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perfect this by becoming what I've created. So that what I've created can become one with its creator again. See, this is love manifested. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap for real. I mean, I'm just... This is love manifested. God creates the world that is imperfect. So that the... That is imperfect and he becomes a human being. Grab this. He becomes a human being. So that what? He becomes like one of us. So that what? So that we can become one with him. He subjects himself to become, like I don't know about you, you guys love your iPhone, but you will not become your iPhone. As, like you love, like you love your iPhone, come on. <laughs> A little too much sometimes. If you lost your iPhone, you would equivalently lose your mind simultaneously. There goes my mind. But you would never become your iPhone as much as you love it. You wouldn't be willing to redeem your iPhone. But like I say, hey, we'll save your iPhone right now. All you got to do is become it and get, and get destroyed. And that's how, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll just go get a new one. But you see, the love of God says, I am willing to subject myself to my own creation so that my creation can come and join and experience perfect love for the first time because when Jesus was born so was perfect love see when Jesus was born so was your future see when Jesus was born so was our hope See, when Jesus was born, it wasn't just him that was born manifested here. So was perfect love born once again. And we could experience what true love felt feels like now because Jesus was born. John, 1 John chapter 4, look what it says. This is love manifested. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not know God, uh, anyone who does not love does not know God. What does he say? He says, hey, you, can't, you don't even know what love is if you don't know love God. What you have is a version of what you have deemed as love, but you can't love the way I've called humanity to love once again unless you experience that love that's imparted in you by God. So whatever you're giving your spouse right now, if it's absent from God, man, it may not be love. 
It is only God's love that can heal like no other. That's it. You might have been experiencing something else, something emotional, something that gives you, you know, when you have that guy and you can't get off the phone with him or that girl that you can't get off the phone, let's hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Shut up. And that's so cute. I love those feelings. But guess what? That doesn't heal me. See, Jesus, uh, uh, John says, he says, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Did you get that? God is love. This is why Jesus came into this world. He came into this world so that our future could be born so that our life could be restored. He came into this world and when Jesus was born, so was our hope, so was our faith, so was our future, so was all that he had for us in the garden now restored to us. He became like us, just like we would become our iPhone. He became creation so that we can become like the creator. He manifested. Look, look, because God is love, in this the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Wait, what? In this is love. Not that we can love. Not that we love. Not the love that we created up in here. This is love. Not that we love God. It's that what love is that God loved us. That's what love is. Well, what do you mean? Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. That's a, that's a, a long theological word that simply means that he came to forgive us of our sins and he became the replacement or the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, watch this, here it is. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Did you catch that, church? Look at me. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love each other. Why? Because now you can. Now you can actually love one another the way you were intended to love one another because God so loved you. All this time, we've been trying to do it without God, and we've been trying to do it uh, apart from him. But God says, hey, now that I've entered human history, you can love one another the way I intended for you. No Abel, no Cain has to kill Abel anymore. Because now I have entered human history. I died so that Abel's don't have to die. I entered human history and because God so loved you, you can love one another. Why? Because now you can actually do it. Now, look what it says. It says no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. No, he says no one has ever seen God, but they'll see God when they see your love for one another. Woo! Come on, church. He says, look, no one's ever seen God. But they'll see him when you learn how to love one another. And guess what? Now you can love one another. Now you can forgive. Now you can do everything I've called you to do. Love one another in a way that makes people see, oh my God. Yes. 
Love one another. That makes people say, my God, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. But when you embrace God's love for you, you can. You're giving me credit for stuff I shouldn't take credit for. I don't have the ability to do that. Do you know how limited my love is? I love on a budget. I only got enough love for certain people. This is all I love I have. But when, when I tap into the love of God and I embrace what he's done for me, I say, I can love the world. This is love. I want this church community. Come on, Christ Uncensored. This, no one's ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. Look what it says. No one has ever seen God if we love one another. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If we love one another, God's love abides in us. What does it mean? He says, listen, no one has ever seen God, but if you love in a way that I've called you to love, they will see God every single day. You know why this world doesn't change? Because they don't see God. I just want to see God. I just want to see God manifested. I just want to see God. He says, no one has ever seen God, but they'll see God when they see your love for one another. And you know what? The more you allow God's love to penetrate your hearts, and the more you learn how to love one another the way God intended for us to love, he says your love will become perfect. That's beautiful. Because I know as good as my love is, I can't love this woman of God with perfect love. I need, some of you guys are bad at relationships. It's not that you're bad at relationships. It's that you're bad at love. It's not that you're bad at relationships, it's that you're bad at love. And the reason that you're bad at love, because you've never experienced it. The reason the world can't get into love is because they can't see God and they can't see love. They can't see God because they can't see the love that you have for one another. Born in a manger. No one has ever seen love seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and love is perfected in us. Luke chapter 2, love is made manifest. Luke chapter 2, love is made manifest. And she gave birth to her firstborn and she wrapped them snugly in strips of cloth and laid them in a manger. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, And you will recognize him by this sign. You will recognize him. What's the great sign of the Savior? That he's born in a manger. You know know what's interesting? This is never found in the Old Testament. Jesus being born in a manger is not really found in the Old Testament. So it's like, how is this a sign? This is the sign. The sign is this. The sign is that he's born in a manger. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of clothing, lying in a manger. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there he was, the baby boy, lying in a manger. Lying where? Jesus was born in a manger. And you'll discover that the sign 
is never found anywhere else as a prophetic psalm or as a prof- one of the uh, scriptures in the, the book of the prophets. But the angels of God come and they say, this is the sign that Jesus is born in a manger. You know why? Because Jesus is always born in a manger. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, see, Jesus entered this world. Look at me. Jesus came into this world to redeem the world. So he had to be physically born and he was born in a manger. When you look at a manger, the ancient mangers, we, we kind of romanticize the, the whole nativity scene. And we have like a good-looking Joseph and, you know, they could have used me as the character. But anyhow, that wasn't funny. And uh, the, see, the mangers were made out of clay. Mangers were made out of clay and it kind of formed this cement type once it hardened it formed this cement and they would put hay in it and this is where Jesus was born he was born in a manger and if you look at mangers mangers were always dirty because they were they were amongst animals they were in the lowest part almost underground they were in the lowest part of a home it, that's what they considered a stable. It wasn't like this huge farm or anything like that. It was in this humble home where there was an underground, almost like a basement, almost like a cellar that was extremely dirty. And that's where they kept the animals. And, and I, didn't, I don't know, there was no Mr. Clean back then, okay? It was filthy. It smelled like sheep, okay? And so these animals would be there and they would eat. The, the, this is what was used to feed an animal. So you, you get the picture? They're using this to feed an animal, and this is all that they have available so that the Son of God could come into human history. This is a place that was dirty and filthy. The lighting was very, very small. I mean, uh, this is a place that, they was, that was dark. See, mangers had a few things in common. They were, they were made out of clay. They were dirty. They were dark and they were cold. There was no esteem. There's none of that. None of that. But, but watch this, watch this. You know what I find interesting is that Jesus is always born in a manger. Because he came into, watch this, he came into this world to transform the world by being, he entered this world in a manger to transform the world. But he wants to enter your life by being born in the manger of your heart. See, sometimes our hearts can be dirty, dark, and cold. They're cold because we have not embraced his love. They're dirty because we have allowed sin to infect us in such a way that it is just unclean and dirty. They're dark because we have not allowed the light of God to shine upon our hearts. I've been there. I've been there. And so Jesus says, I enter the world in a manger because I'm always born in a manger. I just now want to be born in your manger. I want to be born in the manger of your heart. I want to be born in the place where, where it's cold. He chose every single detail, remember that. What's the sign? The sign is that Jesus is born in a manger. 
You know what's the sign to this world? Is that Jesus will be born in the manger of your hearts. So let him go into the dark places. Let him go into the dirty places. Let him be born in the manger of your heart. As the worship team comes up, I want you to think about this. Jesus, who could have chosen on this Christmas Eve, Jesus, who could have chosen any which way to enter the world, chose to enter by being born in a manger. How did Jesus choose to redeem the world? By being born in a manger. How did Jesus choose to redeem your life? By being born in the manger of your heart. God could have chosen any other way. No, don't you wish that God could just come and just be like, you're born again now. You're brand new. All of a sudden, like, he just gives you a new body, a new life. That corn you had on your left toe is no longer there. Everybody be born again, right? Everybody be born again, right? What? I'm going to actually have a full beard or no patchy beard. That's what I'm talking about. But he, he chooses to be born in the manger of your heart. And what was once clay has somehow become hardened. Maybe that's where you are today. We all have, I'm not a cold person. I'm, I'm a happy person. I just don't like to smile. I'm not cold. I'm not, I'm not dirty. I'm not dark. Amen. We all got those places though. See, because the manger was found where the animals were kept. Oftentimes, humans didn't enter where the manger was located. Do you got those places where you let people in your house, but they never go into the stable? Do you got those places where you allow people to come to your home, but they never go downstairs? They never go to see where the manger is at. They never go to see where. No, not there, Holy Spirit. Not, not, not there. That's, that's where the manger is. God says, I want to be born there today. He says, I want to be born there today. Because I was born in a manger to restore the world and I entered the world in a manger I want to enter your life through the manger of your hearts I was born in a stable but I want to be born in your unstable place see we all have those places we all have a manger we all have that place that's dirty, that's ugly, that's 
filthy. That smells like sheep. We do. We do. We all have those places. No one sees them because they're in the top of the house. No one sees them. God says, I want to take me there. I want to be born there. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.